0: Com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. What else can we and should we learn from Paul's final words to the Corinthian church, at least his final written words as we find them in Second Corinthians chapter 13 in the closing few verses of this epistle. And there are a lot of things here, and we have been looking at them, and I trust learning from them. You remember that in verse 8, Paul reaffirms his own integrity by asserting that the Word of God is what guides him. That is his highest consideration. What is true, what is What is revealed by God himself is more important to Paul than any personal considerations. Paul was a man of integrity. In verse 9, he talked about his prayer for the Corinthian believers, for the strength of their faith, for the healthy functioning of their spiritual lives and of their church as they function together in relationship one with another. And then you'll notice that he made reference to his own authority in verse 10, because that had been brought into question by the critics. And so he asserts that he does have a God-given authority to correct errors in the church, and he needs to be faithful to his assignment. Just like they, each one, were responsible to be faithful to what God had assigned them to do, in other words, what God has instructed them to do, the Apostle Paul is the same. He has a responsibility to do what God has instructed him to do, and that involved bringing correction to the church when that was necessary. And then he mentions his desire for them in verses 11 through 13, similar to his prayer for them, but now it's placed, it's stated in terms of a desire more than a prayer. But he desires their good spiritual health. And he does so in five short exhortations. Number one, rejoice. That will give you good spiritual health. Number two, become complete. That is, be perfected, functioning harmoniously. Number three, be of good comfort. Number four, be of one mind, be unified in the body of Christ. And number five, live in peace. And as you do that, you can be sure of God's special presence among you. And then finally, the one we left off on Friday and will return to today, Paul desired for them unhindered Christian fellowship. Paul valued Christian fellowship very highly. Paul valued Christian fellowship evidently higher than many of God's people do today. And so we need to give careful attention to that. So thank you for joining me on this Monday, January 15, and thank you for your. F- financial help, those who have helped us, and for those of you who would consider doing so, that we may continue teaching God's Word on this and other stations. God enabled us to add a new station a few weeks ago in a large, large, large metropolitan area. We're very thankful for that opportunity, and as God supplies, we endeavor to go through these open doors And so, if God would have you help us with that, then please let us hear from you. Now, what is Paul desiring for them? Fellowship. We're getting to the subject of unhindered Christian fellowship. He said in verse 12, greet one another with a holy kiss. And then in verse 13, all the saints greet you. Now, think about those two statements. They are short. They are Not the kinds of statements that we normally look at very, very carefully and examine to find nuggets of truth in, but I think, in fact, that's exactly what we should find here. And as we saw in the broadcast Friday, Paul desires for them warm personal fellowship in the body of Christ. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I hope you were present for that discussion, because... This is not a command that we ought to kiss one another when we greet in our churches. But he is saying, by whatever is the customary way of showing warm, welcoming fellowship and friendship and greeting in your society, in your culture, in your country, in your century, do it. The holy kiss, a kiss, I should say, was a common Eastern greeting, as you know. And, but this is not a command of exact duplication. Stop doing what you've been doing. Stop doing what is customary in your society and take up a new practice which is foreign to your society, namely greet one another with a kiss. That would not be foreign in all societies in the world in this year of 2024. There are certainly many where that is, is common. I was watching a um, travel program not too long ago. I love to do it, and particularly when it's focusing upon Europe. And this particular one was a a travel program in France. No, no, in Italy. I take it back. It was in Italy, and the uh, travel guide was coming to greet the, uh, the the travel. What should I say? The travel narrator was meeting the guide that was going to take him around in that city and she was a a woman and she walked up to him and very obviously offered her cheek to him expecting him to kiss her and he did give her a little peck on the cheek that was customary that's what she expected to not do that would have been rather insulting to not do that in in that particular custom and culture would have indicated something of a uh, what should i say a cold a coldness a A lack of warmth, a lack of welcoming, it would have indicated something negative. So, in that situation, in that custom, in in that country, please follow the customary way of greeting one another warmly. And if that's not the custom where you live, as it's not the custom where I live, in North Carolina, in the United States of America, but it is customary to show warm affection by a warm handshake, occasionally in some situations, a, an affectionate hug, but whatever it may be, we should do it, and we should we should work hard at signaling our warmth, our love, our appreciation, our acceptance, our fellowship with other members of the body of Christ. That's the point we should be demonstrating warm personal fellowship within the body of Christ which as i've already pointed out on a previous broadcast requires our personal presence you can't do that if you are sitting at home watching it on a computer screen oh i i i heard your sermon last sunday i i appreciated it I'm, I'm still part of the fellowship. Yeah, but you haven't been for months. Oh, but I'm there every Sunday. I tune it in, and I listen to it. Are you sick? Are you bedridden? Are you handicapped? Are you shot in? Oh, no, 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 but it's just more convenient for me to do it this way. Uh, then how are you greeting the other saints with a warm welcome? Clearly, you're not. And if you're not providentially hindered from being there, then you are disobeying this command. It's not a command to kiss, <clears throat> if, if in your culture that's what you do. Make sure it's a holy kiss, not a sensuous kiss. It's not necessarily a command to hug, unless that is your custom. But again, if that is your custom, be sure that it is a holy hug and not a sensuous hug. But if it is a warm handshake, do it. Don't avoid doing that. When I see people avoiding greeting one another in a warm handshake and welcoming spirit, I know that something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. I can't see the heart. But I know that something's wrong. We must cultivate warm, unhindered Christian fellowship within our local body, but it goes beyond that. We should also cultivate a wider fellowship, because that takes us to verse 14. No, excuse me, verse 13. All the saints greet you. Well, who are they? Well, they, at the very least, have to be the missionary team that is with Paul when he's writing this epistle. But probably it goes broader than that and includes all of the Christians in whatever city he's in when he's writing this epistle. It could be any number of possibilities, not unlikely that it was Philippi. And it may be a reference to all the churches that Paul has planted throughout the Roman Empire, which would then add up to quite a few churches. And what he's saying is, all these people greet you as well. We do that, don't we? I mean, when we know that somebody's going to someplace else to to be spend some time with some people that we know, we often say, "Please extend my greetings to so and so." I can't be there, but I can communicate my fellowship. I can communicate my love. I can communicate my appreciation. Please convey my love and greetings to so-and-so when you go there. Paul evidently thought that was important, to show fellowship beyond the local body. And so all the saints greet you, all the saints who were with Paul probably, as I say, in Macedonia, probably in the city of Philippi, or those of Paul's acquaintance everywhere, whichever way you take that phrase, Paul is saying, There are Christians that you have never met personally, but they are part of the body of Christ too. They belong to Christ. They are part of the bride of Christ, as you are, and we are a special people. We have been saved by the grace of God. We have been joined in vital union with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have divine life flowing into us from Christ, and it not only flows into us individually, and we Americans tend to think of things so individualistically, and we tend to view our Christian sojourn and our our um, fellowship with the Lord as being primarily an individual thing, and of course, it can't be strong fellowship if it's not being cultivated individually, but it also needs to consciously include other people as well. We are not solo members of the body of Christ. We are part of a vast body, part of a vast church, part of a vast bride of Christ, and we all belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. God has bestowed the same grace upon all of us. He has chosen us. He has chosen that other person. Sometimes we don't particularly like everybody that that shows up at church. And you just have to remind yourself, if they are a professing believer and give every evidence that they are, and and no reason to doubt that they are, if they are a member of the church, then they're our brother and sister in Christ and we are commanded to love them. It's not us for us to choose. Someone has said, you choose your friends, you can't choose your family. Right. And Christians are in the family of God. God chose them. We love them. May God help us to do it. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying, good day. May God give you his eternal peace.